This is episode number 37 with Dmitry Kozlov. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your hosts, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. My name's Dave Brown, a lifestyle entrepreneur, real estate investor, coach, and co-host of the American Snippets podcast. Uh, our goal each week is to bring you an inspiring story or exceptional person who is living, defending, or promoting the American dream. We spotlight individuals who are giving back both in business and in everyday life. And today's guest, Dmitry Kozlov, is a perfect example of this. Dmitry is a young serial entrepreneur whose purpose is to, quote, accelerate the evolution of love through inspiring and empowering influencers. And by the time he was just 27 years old, Dmitry had built, built four separate companies around this purpose to the six and seven figure mark. He was originally born in Russia but grew up and was raised in the Boston area. And after leaving Soviet Russia and moving to America at just seven years old, Dmitry found himself stuck in the middle ground of greatness and self-destruction. His initial wonder at the enormous blessings this country had to offer turned to massive disappointment as he had to endure childhood bullying. And he tried to resolve that by joining a gang. But when that escape nearly killed him and the rest of the world seemed to have given up on him, Dimitri turned his rebellious nature toward turning his life around and proving everyone who believed he'd fail wrong. Today, Dimitri is a successful entrepreneur who is impacting countless others through his mission to enhance the world around him. And at 29 years old, this kid is just getting started. Now, here's Barbara Allen with Dimitri Kozlov. Hi there. Welcome to American Snippets. I am your co-founder, Barb Allen. Here at American Snippets, we talk a lot about purpose, passion, and the American dream. While we often focus on the military, uh, we also make it a point to emphasize that everybody in this country has it within their own power to do whatever it is that they feel called to do to fulfill their own purpose and give back and make an impact on this country and strengthen it and the community around them um, in numerous creative and exciting ways. Uh, today's guest is somebody who does exactly that. We were so excited to find him when we decided to level up on American Snippets and move forward into our next step. We looked around to find some like-minded people to help us to collaborate with, to help us do that. And when we came across this company with uh, this guest, we were super excited to be a part of it and to become a part of their community and their purpose as well. Uh, Dmitry Koslov is the founder of several companies, but the one that I'm speaking about right now at this moment is Influx, uh, where he builds brands, personal brand sites for various people, really incredible people throughout the country. So Dimitri, thank you very much for being part of our show today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's really yeah, yeah, no, our pleasure. Thank you so much for the work you do. Um, let's get started a little bit. When we dug into, when we first met people in your company, we were just blown away by the professionalism and the expertise and the, the mission that you all have. Then when we go back more and see where it comes from and what drives you to be where you are, it is such a lesson in resilience and courage and grit and tenacity for so many people. Um, so we're very excited to share it. You were born in, in Soviet Russia. Yes. 
Yes. And you were seven years old when your mother, who was a single mother, brought you and your brother and your grandparents over here to America. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep, we immigrated in 96. In 96. So, I mean, do you have memories of that time before you came here? Yeah, I do. And it's it's actually part of what makes me so grateful to um, pursue the American dream here and be um, and have a because um, I, I have the opportunity for contrast for what it's like in a totally different environment. So I was born in 89, right before the collapse of the Soviet Union in 91. Um, and then the memories I have there are from the early to mid 90s, where we were very, very poor, but everybody was very poor. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like the standard to have, uh, to, to kind of live in poverty. And at the time, my mom, uh, my mom was single raising us both. Um, and I remember jumping around from apartment to apartment quite a bit. Um, I think it was like every several months or sometimes staying with my grandparents. Um, there's a, there's two distinct memories that I have from, from that time. One was, uh, um, I remember waiting in the lawn bread line. There were two lines for bread. Uh, to get bread and the lawn and, and I'm like, Oh, mom, why don't we wait in the short one? And it was like, like a, a small price difference for the short one. That's why everybody's waiting in the long one to, to, to get bread. There's these little stands to get bread rather than go to a grocery yeah. store. Um, and the other one was begging my mom for a candy bar and realizing, uh, really like after the fact that, um, and, and at the time of really convincing her and then feeling guilty that I convinced her to buy me this candy bar. Um, because a candy bar is something that like is a special treat that costs a lot of money. Um, so just the, the memories economically, uh, from that time, and it doesn't feel like it was, it, it didn't feel like we were poor because it was the economic standard to right. live that with all the other kids and families as well. It was what you knew. Yes. Yeah. So then you come over to America, you were, you, you lived in Massachusetts. Mm hmm. And yeah. do, do you remember when you arrived any, you, do you remember what your, your first thoughts were or what it was to, to assimilate into, I mean, such a bold move to move anywhere, especially to another country, another culture, another way of life. I mean, just, you were just a, a little boy then, but do you remember what, what that was? And when you came to America, what your thoughts were on it? Yes. Yes. Uh, also, you know, I'll, I'll share because I shared the, um, economic contrast in Russia. Yeah. When we first got here, it's we were also very poor by standard by American standards, but we felt by contrast very wealthy. Um, when we first got here, we were on uh, welfare and Section Eight housing and food stamps at first, which were so grateful for these programs being in place at the time because they gave my mom a head start, and then she developed a career very quickly and got her. Um, got a got a um, full time job, then became a, a programmer over uh, uh, through studying at night and studying on her own, and then just started doing uh, relatively well in the in her career, kind of raising us both. But I remember when we first got here, it there were um, we had a, a shower in the apartment that was our shower. Uh, we'd go to the grocery store and like get whatever we want. Like there's like orange juice, which is like a rarity in Russia, and like these other things that seem like absolute standards, and then. Somebody donated us a box of toys. Like, These are more toys that I've ever seen in my life. This is so cool. Um, so the initial experiences were the things that uh, people would call poverty uh, growing up in America, knowing the contrast that they have to their neighbors. We felt like, oh, my God, the world is available to us. This is amazing. 
Wow, the power of perception. And it's things that so many of us here take completely and totally for granted. So, I mean, was that a valuable experience for you to have and carry into your life? I mean, do you still occasionally look back at that? And does it still impact you when you you think back on it? Mm. Yeah, very, yes, very much so. Um, the, I, I, it gave me a lot of drive when I was young, um, and like drive and humility. And I, I started doing various like business projects. I think at first when I was like 12 or 13 and just got like, got my first job when I was 13. Um, what and, was it? What was that first job? Uh, first job was taking care of dogs at positively at a place called positively Linda's. They, they groomed and boarded animals. When I got the job. I, I got on my bike and rode around to every place within a two mile radius, knocking on doors, seeing who would hire me. And uh, the the legal hiring age was fourteen where I lived, so uh, nobody would hire me except this one place. Who apparently their parent, they were parents of uh, somebody I went to school with, and uh, they they gave me this job picking up after the dogs. I ended up working there for five years, taking care of animals, and I was scared to death of dogs. At the time, <laughs> and then, and through obviously years of working with them, I grew to, to totally love with dogs and the cats that I was taking care of there. Crazy. Do you have a dog now? No. No. All right. So, so you didn't love them that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, right now, it's more I don't about just mess with you. choice. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, I certainly yeah. will. I think when it's family time, but uh, this this stage, I wouldn't feel responsible with everything else I've got going on and the travel and all of that to to have an animal to care for. Yep, I know. Totally. Um, I, I totally understand that. I have way too many animals, so I, I respect mm-hmm. that choice. <laughs> and I know of what you speak. Um, mm-hmm. So your story, I mean, it touches on so many levels of what people across this country are going to be re- able to relate to, because it seems like when we hop online, there's always something coming up in news feeds or on websites that pretty much touch on and several of the the experiences that you had in your life, so you're you're qualified to speak on so many of them, um, starting from when you were young and in school. I know uh, you talked about having a job, but in the middle of all of that, you, you had some tough times in school where you dealt with people yeah. kind of coming after you, and you even you, you were at, were you in a gang for a little bit? Yes, yes. Yeah. So socially adjusting was uh, was really difficult um, because we we were not nearly the only immigrants in our town, but uh, there were the other uh, people who had immigrated over, there were um, Spanish speaking and Portuguese speaking uh, kind of groups of people in ESL class. So they had their own kind of cliques. And then there were the, uh, most of the, uh, most of the white kids were like in wealthier middle-class families. Um, It was just, uh, there was, it's kind of like a little more isolated and had a tough time initially uh, fitting in. So that led to me uh, being bullied quite a bit and um, and really had a tough time, uh, like elementary school, early middle school, to then when I grew up enough in that, the rebellion came through when I was like 12 and 13 of, okay, well, screw this if, you know, if all these kids aren't going to like me anyway, I'm going to give them a reason not to like me. And I became a total like punk and gangster and started hanging out with the, the wrong side of town. But these were kids who accepted me into their world. Now their world was not uh, a safe world. It was, it was pretty much, it was teenage gangs. Um, and, uh, and even though at the time that got me into a lot of trouble, it 
also gave me a sense of uh, a sense of belonging and a sense of identity. Um, until that flipped on me, and then I ended up uh, getting jumped by that group, and then almost killed through that environment as well. Um, and um, and the the biggest gift that came out of it for me at the time was that I I felt passionately in love with rap music and started doing rap, and that's how I then. Uh, you know, many years later, picked that up again as a spoken word artist. Um, and obviously just through the, again, it's, it's all by contrast. It's having yeah. those experiences of, uh, fear and darkness, um, and not knowing what to do with myself, especially once that group turned on me, um, were the things at a very young age that gave me, um, a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity to grow, I think, faster than, than most kids. I, I kind of say that in many ways I parented myself because mm-hmm. uh, my mom did such a good job of taking care of us in that, but she was working full time. She was at night school. She was just doing everything to take care of me and my brother financially. Um, right. She wasn't available much in terms of time or emotional support. Uh, the blessing for that in me was, for me was that I got to develop a lot of that on my own and I came out just fine, but in many ways uh, grew a sense of emotional maturity and responsibility because uh, I was forced to at an age that uh, a lot of my peers uh, hadn't yet developed uh, those kind of uh, perspectives and skills. Well, it's interesting the way that you even say that. And this is something that we see in in people who overcome struggles and reach a level of success. It's It's that mindset where you just described it as an opportunity to grow and learn, right? But that's a mindset. Other people could look at it and say it was such an unfair situation. It, you know, I mean, you, you yeah. viewed it. There's one of two ways to look at it, right? This is an opportunity to grow, to push myself, to challenge myself. Whereas plenty of other people in other times and maybe even yourself for a little period of time, you, you can think this is so unfair. I'm never going to make it and just accept that path, right? So you have that decision to make and yeah. you look at it as an opportunity to grow and push yourself. And I know you even, you said you released your own demo album at, 14 years old yes i did <laughs> um, yeah i i and and i i don't put that the the music itself i don't put out there because it was kind of like violent and depressing um <laughs> and, and i ended up stopping rap when i was like 15 because i walked away from the whole uh group the groups associated yeah. with lifestyle and all of that and then picked it up back up many years later in a uh, positive path yes yeah yes yeah. Uh, so yes i i but i but i was so at the time i was like i like go to school and I'll go home and like write and record music. And I would set up a little, little mini music studio with the money I was saving for my job in my house and learn how to do a lot of like the recording and editing and all this stuff on my own. It was just really following my passion at a young age. Nice. So I, in high school, um, you have a comment on your website that you in high school just shifted your attitude about Mm -hmm. life to succeed which again is a very simple sentence to describe a very complex process and a mindset that you had to develop. What was it? Was there any one thing? Was that immediately after that experience in the gang that, that prompted you to say, Oh no, I'm done with this. Um, and because you didn't just shift your mindset, you did like a complete reversal in mindset. And whereas you were going down one path before you just completely turned your back on that and took an entirely different path that led you to where you are today. But is there anything that, you know, at any moment where even you doubted that, that decision to go down, were you tempted to go back that other path or, you know, what was it that kept yeah, you moving the, forward? The, 
the biggest moment that comes to mind is actually when I um, felt like the people who I thought were supposed to help me, the authorities, um, you know, vice principal and all of that, were people that I then saw as people who didn't believe me and who just expected me to fail. And my rebellious nature at the time basically said, well, screw this. I'm actually, I'm better than that. Um, so it's interesting. Maybe if they would have believed in me more, I may not have taken the same path. Yeah, because wow. I, was, I was living in contrast. I was living in rebellion. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember going home and writing a, a lyric that was something like, the more y'all try to break me, the stronger I get. And it was, okay, not only are my peers uh, people who I see are trying to break me in a way, but now the authorities as well. So let me just go prove the world wrong. Um, so it was something along those lines. Uh, I, I think I knew I was smart, but I was pretty um, hooked on this idea of going downhill. And then now that everybody expected me to go downhill, then I was pretty hooked on the idea of uh, <laughs> ensuring that I would be wildly successful. And I started becoming wildly successful in academics and yeah. um, in the rest of my life and started working really hard. And it was really this, this huge uh, turnaround. Um, there's a, the, the pattern that I was operating under at the time was definitely a lot of rebellion, which has certainly uh, stayed throughout my life. And then over the last several years, as I've been uh, just noticing what my patterns are from my childhood, the things that have driven me to success through that noticing, I've also been um, more acutely aware of how that shows up in my life in unhealthy ways. So where rebellion can be healthy and unhealthy, where um, even like patterns of abandonment from when I was younger and how that has driven me to create communities um, and, uh, and kind of help other people feel less alone and myself and putting myself at the center of those communities, um, how feeling uh, less expressed um, as a child, uh, because I, I didn't feel like I had a voice initially, has led me to create things like Influx is even the, the brand is influence, influence plus expression, okay. right? Um, having all of these, having basically noticing how all the stuff uh, that I'd gone through in my childhood had actually shown up as like the wounds that showed up as art or as, yeah. as, as entrepreneurial creations um, in, my, in my adult life. But the recent journey has been learning how to do that without also creating you know, the damage that Mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> from, from that kind of, uh, from, from the wounds. So you just mentioned Influx and let me touch on that quickly because that is how we found you. My co-founder Dave Brown is friends with Brad Costanza. And when we put out there that we were looking to, you know, upgrade our website and really hit another level instantly, this came up you know, coincidentally, Brad had just posted about you on the same day. And then we saw that you do brand personal brand development for a lot of big name people, I mean, you got Joe Polish, Frank Kern, Jules Schroeder, JJ Virgin, you do a ton of people. So a, um, you know, we loved that you decided, yes, to take American snippets on board and do that too. But do you think that part of you, part of that purpose, where that comes from, you deciding to do brand development, personal brand development was because of something that you just mentioned where you felt you didn't have a voice? I mean, does that go back to helping other people find their voice and understanding the the lift that can give you the momentum that can give you and the you know the the ripple effect that that can create yeah i i would say that it's almost every project that i've done yeah. uh, that's been really important for me entrepreneurially or otherwise including influx has at the time come from there's a 
partial awareness of I'm doing this from a, a sense of um, intentional purpose and a partial just like this is what's happening. And then I look back on it later and I'm like, whoa, now I totally see how this makes sense in the big picture of my life and why I was driven to do this. So I kind of follow the calling and the impulse. Um, trusting that calling and impulse comes from purpose. And then I look back. So Influx is a perfect example of that, uh, where actually the, the story of, of how this was formed, there's a previous story of how we formed uh, Vision Tech Team. But we, my partner and I had this design and development agency where we were working with a lot of top brands, some personal brands and some not. And we were looking to solve a problem, which was how do we scale our work? Because we do very complicated retainer-based tech work. And we we're like, oh, we did a bunch of these personal brand sites for like Frank Kern and Mike Dillard and JJ Virgin. What if we put out there as a more scalable offer to do personal brand sites for much more of the world and create systems around that? That seems really fun. Um, and then eventually I named it Influx, which is like I was brainstorming on names for a while. And then as I looked back, then I was like, okay, influence and expression ever so much in my, of my life. And what I do is about helping others bring their expression forth. Yes. And actually for me, my own expression, bringing my own voice and expression forth has been my greatest medicine. And I've seen that be for others, their greatest medicine as well as through your greatest expression. Not only do you heal and liberate yourself, but you also get to influence others, hence influence and expression. And through your influence, that's how you get to impact others. Um, so what, what's one of the best things we can do with our resources and skill sets uh, with our company was, okay, let's, let's help people create platforms for greater expression and greater influence. So it all does totally tie back. And at the time, and, and this is, I think, important for anybody that's really looking to follow their purpose, is there's a, a dance of being intentional in defining what that purpose is and ensuring your projects align with it, and sometimes just following the impulse of what wants to work through you. Because if you trust that everything happens for a reason, and you just continue to reflect on how those dots will connect looking backward, um, then uh, then the right things do emerge, even if in the moment they don't always look like the big purpose. They, they don't always look like positive occurrences, but they can be if you, uh, if you just kind of stay the course and trust in the mm -hmm. process. Uh, so you have, I mean, so many aspects to you, and you just touched on a little bit. There's a little backstory. I mean, you have Maverick and your Vision Tech team, and uh, you have Vision Village, which you, you, is something that you're very, uh, very purposeful towards too. Do you want to talk a little bit about these events, your Maverick events, and your Ma was it Maverick and Maverick Next? Yep, yep. So Maverick Next is an organization that I co-founded with Yannick Silver, who was a mentor uh, to me uh, in my early twenties, um, and then we ended up partnering in business on this and other work together. Um, and it really came out of uh, the. Um, part of my own need, which was to surround myself with like-minded young entrepreneurs, knowing that uh, a lot of the people around me in my early to mid twenties were um, either, I was blessed to finally surround myself with a network of successful entrepreneurs or mentors, but the people that were my age were not really driving me forward. So I wanted to cultivate that yeah. for myself yeah. and I wanted to serve my peers and the next generation of entrepreneurs with uh, the kind of access and gifts that I feel like I've been granted to through uh, accessing Yonix World and others. 
So Yannick and I co-founded Maverick Next as a mastermind group, essentially, for young entrepreneurs who are 25 and under. It's now uh, under 30. So we've, we've shifted that. So it's under 30 who have six or seven figure businesses. So obviously, like, have done something pretty unique at a young age mm-hmm. to cultivate that and give them um, access to each other plus uh, uh, a mentor network and kind of unique events and experiences. What it's turned into has been like really a family of uh, uh, these young entrepreneurs that will, that have been now, it's, it's been four, almost five years, I think, um, that will, that have been and will continue to grow up together. And, yeah. you know, the people that maybe the Elon Musk's or Richard Branson's or Steve Jobs of the future in their own way uh, now have kind of like this network that they're growing up with that uh, I, I really see a lot of these uh, young, uh, young entrepreneurs as being the future global leaders. So it's been, uh, it's been a real joy and pleasure to uh, continue to, to cultivate that group and that network. So how often does that group meet officially in your, in your events? Uh, about three or four times a year, depending on, uh, depending on what we're doing that year. So some of them combine with events like Camp Maverick, like there's upcoming, uh, Camp Maverick event is in, um, is in Austin, uh, in mid-May, which is like a really fun event where not only the Maverick next year is the young ones gather, but also Mavericks and other entrepreneurs are invited to come and they kind of like all play at a campground together. Um, it's like summer camp for adult entrepreneurs. Um, awesome. as well as we run some, uh, some specific, you know, entrepreneur mastermind events. Uh, for me, I've actually, I've now, um, I'm 29 now and I've, I've, uh, I've kind of, I feel like I've made my big contribution in co-founding the group and running it for years. Mm-hmm. I've now stepped into an advisor role and some of the members have, have taken on, uh, leadership roles in running it. I mean, I've felt more and more called to, uh, more of a singular focus uh, in my businesses versus trying to do so many things at once. Yeah, you have to narrow that focus. You can only you can't spread yourself out because then you just start doing everything kind of half baked instead mm-hmm. of instead of applying the way it is. So, and that's also encouraging to hear because so often people can confuse the the need to succeed with meaning that you have to kind of compete with others and squat. Like, you know, if somebody else is succeeding, you can't also succeed, right? So when you instill in them or cult or, or nurture in them, maybe an existing mindset that by helping each other succeed, you grow your own success. That's an attitude that spills out into the rest of their lives too, right? So even outside of that particular uh, mastermind meeting or that particular event, if, they, if they're carrying that mindset forward and benefiting from it and living it and seeing the value in it, they, do you think they then go home and perhaps, you know, kind of spend the, uh, spread that out into their own reach, into their own community too, or maybe even unofficially outside of that mastermind? They're just translating that mindset to others and, and growing that mindset. And yeah. that's all something that originated from you. So it's got to feel pretty awesome yeah, to it's, know, to know it's, that it's ripple effect. It's a real, real blessing to have an impact on this group because they're really, they're my peers and some of them even at certain points have been more successful in their primary companies. Um, and it's been really cool to be able to serve them in their paths. And yes, that, that definitely happens where I've had uh, one, one member said something like she said um, uh, that when she came to Maverick next, her uh, expectation was that she's going to like learn how to grow her business. 
And a lot of what she got was that uh, she got more aligned with her purpose, more aligned with her values, both in her company and personally, um, and like learn how to um, operate in a way that that has a, a bigger impact. Um, and through that, she actually ended up tripling her income and yeah. growing her business. Uh, and I, I love I love hearing things like that because that's a lot of what the culture has been about. It's about getting in more alignment, which I think is vitally important for any entrepreneur, but the earlier at a young age somebody can find yes. that, uh, the um, the sooner they can have their biggest impact in the world. And that focus actually usually attracts a lot more money, especially a lot more mm-hmm. sustainable as well, which I think is true for all people. If you find alignment with your purpose and what you care about and what you want to give to the world, um, then the, the world provides you uh, with the resources to do that. So you yes. end up becoming more financially abundant. That is a difficult lesson for people to absorb and it can take a long time. You know, it's a leap of faith. It's um, you cannot see that in front of you. So it's hard to believe that that is actually mm-hmm. the way it happens, right? Because it seems like the sure bet is to maybe stick with that fixed paycheck that you know is coming and in, in the job that maybe doesn't fulfill you, maybe you even dread, but you're going to take that because you're you know, it's nerve wracking to go out on that unknown area and strike out in that unknown path. But you really do have, to, and especially when things don't happen right away, when they kind of crush you down a little bit and you have those dark hours and you're thinking, why should I do this? This isn't working. And the tendency can be to turn back and revert to that safe paycheck, right? But when you mm-hmm. don't and when you follow, your purpose is something that comes up often in, in your website and in your conversation. And certainly in what we do too, um, some people... It can be, it's a simple word, but it has a strong impact, a strong message, right? And you have purpose-inspired marketing. That was Mm -hmm. your business plan. And everything you do is centered on purpose. And when people have that belief in something they feel so strongly about, Mm -hmm. so much easier to to stay motivated and keep going. You had one thing that I really love this phrase that I saw that you you had out there. You talked about a trip to Peru and Mm -hmm. you mentioned that it was your purpose accelerator. And I yep. love that. That struck at that jumped out at me. Like, what a perfect way to put that. These events in your life that are sort of a catalyst for you to go forward. Can you tell us a little bit about that trip and what it was about you uh, about that that yes. sort of yes, jump started you? So, um, so the trip was called Entrepreneurs Awakening. Um, in it was a ten day trip to Peru, a partial medicine journey and partial mastermind with ten other entrepreneurs. Uh, so when I say medicine journey, I mean, it was, uh, two ayahuasca ceremonies and a St. Pedro ceremony. So we sat down with uh, a shaman there and it was a lot of preparation work, uh, in advance, uh, deep work while we were there and the integration work afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I always say people exploring plant medicines is certainly a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Um, or maybe not a wrong way, but a way that probably won't get you what you're looking for and can be a little risky versus uh with the right experience architected then uh it can be something that's truly uh transformational uh and for me that trip um you know what i went in there with some people go into ayahuasca as like hey i'm looking to find my purpose um that's a pretty common intention of uh people's first time experiences or get closer in touch with it for me i was very clear on my purpose at the time and um I was looking for how do I accelerate uh, this in 
the world, how do I accelerate the manifestation of this purpose in the world um, and in, in my life and how I show up. So I thought, you know, I would go in there with, I, I don't know what my expectations were, but I, I know that the biggest things that I got out of it was actually having the opportunity to dive back into my childhood and my patterns, my relationship with my mom and my relationship with my dad and uh, like operate in the dream world um, of my mind and spirit. Uh, with all of these things that um, were, if I don't address them directly, we're going to continue to be uh, repeating patterns in my life that would uh, create a level of success and a level of suffering. Um, and through diving back into those and working to resolve uh, unresolved conflicts and tensions uh, within myself, it gave me the freedom and have liberated me to show up with more love in the world um, through diving into the shadow and darkness and the areas where um, I felt uh, limited or not enough in some way or felt unloved. Uh, and uh, through diving into all of those, um, uncovering them, noticing them, being willing to sit in those, and then uh, resolving them, it made me so much lighter when I came out. Of truth, um, and the uh, the drive that I had afterwards, it's like I had a lot of drive before. The drive that I had afterwards was kind of, um, I would put it as healthier. And I think that we um, often create, we create like our wounds are beautiful things because our wounds can uh, be um, places where the light shines through, right? Like uh, they. Uh, they oftentimes stimulate our greatest creations. Um, yes. And I, most most creators will, will reflect on that as say, yeah, wow, this this wound that I had at some point uh, is what cre what drove me to create this really great thing in the world. Um, and at the same time, there's uh, there's also an unhealthy version of operating from our wounds because we when we when something is at the source of something, it'll often yes. be recreated in that thing if we don't notice that. So this gave me the opportunity to also start to switch some of my motivational gears um, in creating things, even if they may have been sourced from my wounds, to ensure that I don't then still need that source of motivation to that, sure, that, sure. that same kind of motivation. So if, if it took me feeling deeply alone to create something like Maverick Next, um, to ensure that whatever it is that I create next out of Maverick Next doesn't require me feeling deeply alone yeah i'm from a, a more expansive place so it gave me the opportunity to shift motivational gears to be from a, a more positive and less painful place which obviously expands my ability to create uh far beyond what my pain is so do you come across people or do you have conversations with people who are skeptics to that kind of mindset and that way of life do you because you know, you'll find people who are the head of giant corporations, multi-million, multi-billion dollar, and they're kind of, they feel like there's no room in, in business for compassion or mercy or happiness. And they just go, 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 drive, drive, drive. You have to put in 14, 15 hour days to be successful. And they may look at your model as unsustainable or uh, impractical. I mean, have you met people like that or just in general conversation and do you, how does that go? Do you have, do you engage in the conversation with them or do you just kind of let it go and go back to your? Yeah. What, what I would say, and 
and it's like there there's have certainly been times i mean i i have my own patterns of that yeah. which is i have to work super hard to be successful um i had a i had a belief that i actually worked on in my ayahuasca journey and since which is if i don't move fast and work hard i won't be okay like right. life will fall apart um and it's still something that i'm i'm like dancing with right to create uh to create more an easy, lucrative, and fun life and business. Um, so, what you know, the, the, as far as engaging with with people w- with that mindset, I, ha- I have a lot of compassion for them because I know where that comes from, especially when people have created their success based on that. And ultimately, it's just um, you know going back to like, what do you what do you want your life to look like, and what do you want? You know, why are you playing the game of business at a high level? Yeah. What's the why? And um, and, you know, usually people forget uh, at that level of they're there and they're in that daily grind mm-hmm. and they think that they have to be in that way of thinking their whole lives, especially I don't have a problem with hard work, but but the, the times when it's like, you know, all it's so competitive that there's no passion. Um, it's like, hey, what do you you know, you're you, you're cultivating power. What are you going to do with that power? You know, what do you want the world to look like? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's so important in business and in politics and any time that uh, a human being is dedicating a significant portion of their life and resources to gaining power, to gaining influence, then for what it's purpose, yeah. in relationship with what are you going to do with that power and influence, both for your own life in terms of, you know, how much time you have to mm-hmm. enjoy yourself, to be with your family. Uh, to to do the things you love and what are you going to do for the outside world and how are you going to show up and those two are actually both pretty pretty close in relationship because if you know if a, if a person is uh building their own business and living their life in a way that doesn't make them happy even though it makes them externally successful right right chances are they will project that because as within yep. so without right chances are they will project yep. into their creations in the world that ends up recreating that pain for others because our beliefs go into our our work that we do absolutely so where are you now um in terms of your professional life and what are your next visions for for that professional i mean you're you're young man you've and you've achieved the level of success that a lot of people uh, my age i could be your mother right i'm that i'm much older than you but uh, you've achieved a level of success that a lot of people will never achieve or maybe will be seeking well into their you know later years. So where do you take that from now uh, from here? What what are your next plans? What are your what's your next vision and you know what are your thoughts on how you're going to go about that? Yeah, thank you. Um I'll, I'll first just uh I'll, I'll comment on the um the you know what other people may think as far as you know my level of success versus theirs and um mm-hmm. you know I think uh cuz I get caught in the in the comparison game often myself as well. Um, especially being around a lot of wildly successful people, there's always, uh, there's always. You'll never stop. Yeah, they'll always. Oh, you could be any level of successful. You will always compare yourself. Yeah. So I think the the important thing for people to look at there is is that in if we follow our own sense of purpose and dharma and calling, there's really no comparison in levels of success. There's only, am I on my path? Right. And that's that's an individual relationship for everybody. So I, I think it's important for people listening to 
really look at that and it's, it's like whether they're more successful than me, less successful than me, whatever in terms of like the external measurements of success, to me, true success is how fully am I following my own path in a way that makes me happy so that, you know, when I look back on you know, on my deathbed, on the things I've done, right. or less regrets, because the greatest regrets are usually the things that we didn't do um, in terms of following our own path versus living with the expectations of others, including others that we will never meet or see. Right. Um, so I uh, wanted to say that first. And then as far as my own, my own path of what's next for me, um, I'm in a really special and unique place where everything has been uh, converging. Mm-hmm. As, I've, um, as I've been focusing on, right now the main focus has been Influx um, because I truly believe that through that we both have opportunity to scale to a much larger reach and my the most exciting thing is that through working with influencers i feel like we get to like have a a greater impact through every influencer we work with Yeah, absolutely like through through creating your website american snippets it's there there's there's an impact that we get to directly or indirectly have on every person that you reach yep which is really a hundred percent yeah, and I, I feel that for every influencer we work with, who they all have uh, some sort of positive message to the world in their own way, right. and the greater we help their expression and influence, the more people we reach, um, even if it's not directly our voice in right. that case. So that's been really fun, um, and I I will continue to do the custom sites, and then part of the vision is creating uh, more of a platform eventually as well, where people can go on. Influx as a platform and create their own through like a drag and drop editor of how to uh, build their own personal brand sites, really using all the principles. When I say things have been converging for me, though, it's my poetic self has been stepping into business more Mm -hmm. um, in artistic expression. So I've been getting in front of uh, mastermind rooms and doing my uh, doing my spoken word poetry. And uh, not only has it been fun and fulfilling, it then leads to business connections. So it's been really cool for me thinking, okay, one of the most profitable things I can do is just keep doing poetry, whether yeah. it's on stage or on Facebook or wherever it is. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's tied the artist and the entrepreneur in me to one path. So my word for the year yeah. is expression. Is the more fully I express myself, the more abundance I can cultivate in my life. So everything right now is my fullest expression will be the best service in all of my companies and businesses. Yeah. And, you know, even when you talk about that, you can see you you light up a little even mm-hmm. more because you, you could tell something that's very important to you. And it's such a you say it so simply, but so many people struggle with doing exactly that, you know, just living. And once yeah, the level of success is not a banking account. It's, it's following, it's living that life that makes you feel fulfilled and complete and in a meaningful way. And the fact that you're doing that now, is just awesome considering, especially considering the choices you had to make to get there where so many people could have gone the wrong way. What would be some advice you have for maybe there's a lot of kids this day, you know, teenagers now in particular, can hop on the news again and see a lot of conflicted teens. There's a lot of anger, a lot of dissent in the in the country. And you know, what would you say to to somebody, you know, somebody younger or in high school, or even younger, who's going through a situation that is patently unfair, right, or just may seem 
insurmountable at that age. You know, whether they're in that gang or they're headed into a life of crime, maybe they've, um, sorry, I'm going to click this out. Maybe they've, um, you know, already run into trouble with the law or not. And maybe they feel like it's just avalanched already where they're just already giving up on their, on their lives or, or ever overcoming that. What would, what would your advice to them be? Mm, yes. Use the pain as fuel to be the change that you want to see in the world. Nice. Um, and to elaborate on that a tiny bit more, it's, yeah. um, it's okay to feel the pain and anger, abandonment, whatever it might be, right? It's okay to feel all those things and to want to channel those things into rebellious behavior. Yeah. Um, just do so, seek to do so in a way that creates the world you want around yourself. Um, and, and you'll notice that if, if you, uh, channel the anger and pain in a way that you're not conscious of the world you're creating through that, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll actually create more anger and pain for others and for yourself because you're saying, I have all this pain. I want others to feel my pain. I want others to feel my anger. Um, so I'm going to go do harm and damage because harm and damage was done to me and it was unfair. And I want to make things fair. You want to make things fair by having others feel your pain because that feels fair then. Mm-hmm. And instead, and and knowing that okay, yes, like that's that's totally understandable why somebody's emotional system would think that way. And uh, there's also an opportunity to say, wow, I feel all this anger and pain, and I don't want. To, firstly, I don't want to feel like this for the rest of my life, and secondly, I don't want other people, other kids my age, um, other kids growing up other people to feel what I'm feeling and to go through what I've gone through. And the way that I can ensure of that is by taking all of this anger and pain and channeling it into choices and behavior that create the change I want to see. And that just sets you off on a whole different path as far as the books you read, as far as how you treat people with greater kindness, as far as what you do with your life, all of those things can vary, right? All of those things are totally up to you. The actual choices are up to you. Use that as the filter is how can I take the pain and turn it into purpose? Yep. Who, do I, who are, do I want to be and what kind of world do I want to see and how can I participate in the creation of that world versus, um, the, uh, you know, versus a creation of a world where my pain just gets replicated and duplicated over and over. Yeah. And your life is a testament to that. So it's not just, you're not just saying those words, you've actually lived them. And so um, I, I'm hoping people listening, you know, understand that and give it that value added that that comes from your experience. So we're going to wrap up with a couple of the questions that we like to ask, ask our people because it's always so interesting to hear, hear your responses. And especially from you, because you remember life in another country, right? Part of the American snippets, like I had mentioned earlier, we talk a lot about the American dream because it seems like there is also almost an attempt by some people in this country to make sure everybody believes the American dream is dead. It doesn't exist or it never existed. But also everybody has their own definition of the American dream, what it means to them. So what does that mean to you? If somebody says to you, are you following your American dream? You know, what would that mean to you? Um mm. Living, living a life of freedom, which means to me being able to live on my own terms and express my gifts as fully as I can. That's certainly not possible in every area of the world. And it's certainly possible in America. Yeah. 
so if there is somebody that you could call up today, right now, hop on the phone and meet this afternoon and spend an afternoon with and talk to and learn from somebody you haven't met before, who would that be? And why? Mm. Macklemore comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, Macklemore is a, uh, he's a rapper who started out as a spoken word artist and most of his music is quite, uh, quite conscious, um, quite conscious while still uh, reaching the masses, which really impresses me. So right now that's, that's who first comes to mind in Macklemore. Fun. I, it's always, it's always so much fun to, to ask that question. Um, and normally we ask, uh, this one question, I'm going to twist it a little because normally we ask people, what would you reach back and say to your 22 year old self? You're not so far from that 22 year old self. So I'm going to say to ask you to look into your future now and mm-hmm. say to you, what would you like to have held on to? Is something you like when you look at yourself as 40 years old? What mm-hmm. would you like to, to carry into that? What would you say to yourself at 40 years old? Do you think advice that you'll need a reminder of or something to go do or say? Mm. Never stop growing and evolving. You know, don't get, don't get complacent with whatever level of external or internal success you reach that it's, it's all about the evolution and the growth. Um, and, um, and also to enjoy, just keep, keep, keep enjoying, uh, that, that the youth is not in, uh, age and number of years, but in, uh, in how you show up to life and how you play. Yeah, I feel like that's something you're you're gonna just do without needing to remind yourself of. But that's good. So we'll track you down when you're 40 and play that back for you. Awesome. And, and yep. <laughs> remind you. So if there is a some some place that people can go to find out more about you and what you do, because you're into so many things, the spoken word art and and all of that. I mean, is there a site you want to send them to that refer them to that they can go find out more about you and join one of your communities or support some of your work? Because, yes. well, oh, you know what? I almost forgot too. I said this was last, but let's talk quick about your vision village, right? Yes. That yes. is something you're. So that was really to... exciting because that's something yeah. you participated in through getting. I, yes. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I almost forgot that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I truly believe in making an impact both directly and indirectly with all of the work that we do in business. I think business is one of the greatest opportunities to, uh, to have an impact in the world. Um, so with the Vision Village project, uh, specifically, we partnered with a group called Village Enterprise, which uh, builds entrepreneurial training villages out in East Africa. It takes a lot of things we've been talking about in terms of um, just empowering people, sometimes in the worst situations, yeah. to take life into their own hands and, uh, and build businesses through bringing the education over there. Um, and a lot of their businesses, they're, they're basic, you know, human needs based businesses water delivery or uh, medicines or building bikes and stuff like that. Um, and uh, and basically, we found out, this is through the Maverick organization, that uh, okay, $25,000 gets a village built, uh, which means uh, 50 micro-enterprises trained, small businesses, 150 entrepreneurs total trained, and that lifts a community of 1,000-plus people out of extreme poverty uh, which the ripple effect of that just keeps mm-hmm. going on and on in terms oh, of the absolutely yeah of that. Um, so we figured, okay, let's let's do a campaign where we build 25 sites at once, make it a low enough price point that it's ensure that basically we can sell these within a month, 
um, and uh, donate a, a portion of those funds where basically for every site sold, we said, okay, for every site sold out of 25 sites, we'll donate $500. And then once we hit the 25 sites, then we'll donate, we'll meet, we'll, we'll, we'll match that donation of another 500 per site. So it was really cool. We got to write a $25,000 check last August awesome. to build this Vision Village uh, with Village Enterprise. And we called it Vision Village because the name of our company, overarching company over Influx was Vision Tech Team. And yeah. I love alliteration. So uh, Vision Village uh, came out of that. Um, and I've got to catch up with them on the details. But yeah, essentially, it created this uh, village there. It lifts a thousand plus people out of extreme poverty through the power entrepreneurship and i know that the, the impact that's had on my own life and that you know america as a, a country runs on the fuel of entrepreneurship yes um that that's where all the all the innovation and freedom uh truly comes from so bringing that essence to uh the um sometimes the most uh challenging desolate parts of the world and showing the kind of impact that it can have there is really proof that you know it's not just about our external circumstances and limitations but it's about um with the right education with the right choices what can be done in any community through uh the power of taking life into your own hands and entrepreneurship awesome so once again then where is the site where people can go to to learn more about your companies or your work or follow you as an artist and what you do yes. Um, best thing to, so to follow me firstly, I post, I've been posting a lot lately on Facebook. Uh -huh. so if you could include a link below this to my personal Facebook profile, um, and my personal mm -hmm. site, I'm not yep. going to, well, I'll spell my name out here for anybody listening, <laughs> but then uh, it'll be easiest yes. to just click the just link. Click the link. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dmitry Kozlov, it's D-M-I-T-R-I-Y-K-O-Z-L-O-V.com. Um, and then, uh, if you're interested in exploring a personal brand site for yourself, that's Influx, I N F L U E X dot com. And we actually just bought the site, the domain influencersites.com. So that's kind of an easy, easy to redirect for us. Um, really, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're not called to engage in a business level, which is kind of want to follow a lot of what I'm up to. Um, like the stuff I share on Facebook has a wide variety, anything from like art and poetry to a, a lot of my beliefs around life and business. Uh, that's the best way to connect. Just, just go follow me on there and, and, uh, reach out and would we'll definitely, would we'll definitely love to, uh, keep impacting if, you know, if there's anything in this conversation that made a difference for you, I would love to keep sharing. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for, for all you do and for being a part of our show today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Barbara. Such a pleasure. Yeah, it was. All right, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Dimitri has an incredible story. We're so happy to have him on. I personally like to thank him for being on the show. Uh, and if you got some value out of today's episode, please share this with a friend. Tell a friend about what we're doing. Tell a friend about American Snippets, our podcast, the people that we have here, the stories that we feature. Share this on social media. Make sure you tag us at American Snippets. Also, let Dimitri know what you thought about this interview and his story by commenting on it. But, and you can do that by going to americansnippets.com forward slash 037. While you're there, you can watch this full interview, read our featured article on Dimitri, and learn how you can follow and stay connected with him. 
and his amazing companies. Barbara and I personally worked with Dimitri and his team at Influx to rebrand our American Snippets website, and it came out awesome. And we could not be happier. We could not be happier with the experience. Uh, the, the, the team walked us through the process A to Z. It was an incredible experience. They're super professional. They absolutely know what they're doing. They're the best at what they do. Uh, so if you're looking for a personal brand site, we highly recommend Dimitri and his team at Vision Tech or Influx. So real quick, many of you might know that I'm a real estate investor. Uh, I do real estate investing here in the New York area. Um, and real estate investing is one of the most uh, lucrative, not only the most lucrative, but one of the fastest ways uh, to achieve the American dream, to create more freedom in your life. Uh, but the key is having the right blueprint to follow. And that's where Real Estate Worldwide comes in. Uh, the founder of this top-ranked education and software company is a good friend of mine. Uh, not only that, he's been a mentor and coach for me through the years. His name is Kent Clothier. We've had him on the show, uh, americansnippets.com forward slash 007, if you want to take a listen to that. Uh, but his company's systems and trainings have played a huge role in my success as a real estate investor. And if you've ever been interested in real estate or real estate investing, his company insists and their systems can play a, a huge role in your success too. Uh, the Real Estate Worldwide Academy is hands down the premier real estate investing learning system. And Kent and I have put together a very special training for those of you who are interested and want to learn more. All you have to do is go to americansnippets.com forward slash R-E-W-W. Uh, again, if you got some value out of today's show, um, you'll definitely enjoy all of our past podcast episodes as well. So I, I highly encourage you to go back to listen to them and listen to them. Um, we're looking to spread our message of positivity and possibility across this great country. So, you know, please, you know, help us out. Support us on this mission by subscribing on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review. Tell a friend, subscribe, you know, let people know what we're doing. Uh, the more subscribers, listeners, and reviews that we get, the more exposure we can give to the guests that we have on our show. Uh, so it's not about us. It's about the people that we serve. And so if you could do your part, leave us a review. It would really go a long way, and we would be very grateful. Finally, don't just be inspired or entertained by our guests. Let their stories ignite you into action in your own life. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time.